0: Glad you're here. I'm standing on a lot of stuff that was saying over us and, and, uh, and uh, proclaimed in that stuff. We, we talked at first service about, um, uh, you know, just the whole idea of, you know, the name it, claim it kind of thing was kind of faddish in Christendom. But the truth of the matter is whether you claim it or not doesn't make it true or not. It's true, period. And then you can just agree with it or not. Yes. It's, just, it's just the way it is. In other words, if you want to release it in your life, you're going to have to sow that seed. You're going to have to plant that seed. You've got to believe it and respond to it. It's still true. And so whether you claim it or not, it doesn't make it true or not. It's true. And Jesus is always victorious. We're going to kind of continue. I, I really thought I was done. Last week on this uh, this kind of, of message, but I, I couldn't get by uh, another week because of a couple of things. I get I get a leadership, a church leaders, and it's a magazine, but it comes email. You know nothing, not, you know we're saving trees, and so and so you know it's, it's pretty pretty uh, pretty electronic these days. But anyhow, it comes it comes through uh, through an email, and it's called Church Leaders. And, um, and they sent me this deal, and I thought it was interesting, because we've been talking about the Word and the importance of, of having a full understanding of the Word of God, building your lives on that, how important all that is, and we're going to kind of continue in that vein today, but I want to do it from th- this perspective. God's doing something here. Uh, we had a very influential uh, pastor, preacher, more preacher than pastor, I think, uh, that, that has Come out and said, "Listen, I've been I taught on this 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 idea about God, and I've been teaching it all wrong for years, and I'm going to make some people mad. But, you know, I just got to say that I was out of balance." And I was like, "What?" Because this particular individual in the 80s and 90s was really influential. His name's Benny Hinn. And Benny Hinn came out and said. Uh, you know, I, I was out of balance with the prosperity gospel. It's not that he took it away or denied that God wants us to prosper. It's just the way it was taught was taught out of balance. Why it's so important that you understand the full uh, word of God, that you, that you have God's definitions on words and that you do everything in moderation. You know, we we can name and claim things because a preacher or a teacher says it when it really doesn't align itself with the word of God. And there's moderation and all kinds of things. And so that was one driving force. Another driving force, I had this, I had this idea that last week when we talked about 1 Chronicles 28, so if you got your Bibles, you can turn there. 1 Chronicles chapter 28, we're gonna go to verse 9. It looks like. David is like giving his last sermon. You know, it'd be like me coming today and saying, Hey, I got one more thing that I'm going to be able to give you. And if I had one last thing to say, this would be what it was. That's kind of what it looks like when David's coming to Psalm. Then there's this last word that he says, If you do anything, if you don't hear me say anything, hear me say this. And he, and he says, and I've, I've, got a, I've got a couple of things left out because it's so important that you understand this message. And that is, he says, my son, people of God, learn to know the God of your ancestor, ancestors intimately. Learn to know your God. If there's anything that God asks of us is that we learn to know him intimately. Worship and serve Him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek Him, you'll find Him. But if you forsake Him, he will reject you forever. He's talking about his son. So take this this learning to know God intimately, this worshiping and serving him with your whole heart, and this idea of having a willing mind. Take this seriously. The Lord's chosen you to build. You know, if, if you if you're going with us to the small group stuff, we're doing how to worship a king. You know, everybody's kind of going through that, and 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 Brandon really prayed this over us in first service. He says, "Man, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at a bunch of priests. You know, I'm looking at a bunch of priests. I'm priests, and I'm glad to be be in that." And he said he said to us, "As God's chosen, the chosen ones, that we were created as priests to build the kingdom of heaven." You were created to build something. And David is saying right here, he says, you know, take this seriously because the Lord has chosen you to build. And he chose Solomon to build the temple, but he's chosen you to build the kingdom. Be strong and, and do the work. Yeah. You know, we talked about that last week. You know, be strong and do the work. But what I see and what I wanted to kind of address today is is, is is an idea that I think is is misrepresented sometimes or misinterpreted by people in the church, and that is that you have to be perfect to be blessed by God. And this idea that I got to get my ducks in a row. You know, some people, I, I, when I understand God, when I really understand God, then, then I can be successful in blessing. You know, there's this idea of I got to get my I got, but y'all, you just don't know, my life is a mess, i got to get all cleaned up so I can get with God. Now, that can come with people who know God and are in relationship with Him, or called or sons or daughters, or it can come with people who you might know that don't know Jesus yet. They say, well, you just don't understand, Pastor, what i got going on in my life. I can remember at one point in, in uh that, that I had a, a friend of mine that I, the Lord was having me work with. She was living a lesbian lifestyle for quite a long time, and, and she felt like she had to get out of that relationship before she could come to Christ. You know, that's just not true. Some of you are doing that. It's just not true. But when you come to Christ, He'll get you out of that. Just like He got you out of fornication. Or any other thing you was doing, you wasn't supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, come on. So, so he 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 doesn't require perfection. And another guy <laughs> It's so funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it, it kind of you go, wow, man, you're missing it. He said, man, I, I don't know if I'm gonna come to church anymore. I was like, what? Well, you know, I come every week and i and i hear what i'm doing wrong and and then i come back the next week and then i hear i'm doing something else wrong and i didn't fix what i was doing wrong last week so now i got two things i'm doing wrong then if i come 3 weeks in a row i'll find the third thing that i'm doing wrong and so and so after about 6 months i'm i'm just wore out <laughs> and i hadn't dealt with sunday number 1 yet that interesting i said man you're missing it there's there's no requirement of perfection for blessing what it what what david is saying to solomon here hey there are three ingredients that you need to get a hold of that are important for you first of all you need you need to learn learn to have an intimate relationship with your god you, you need to worship and serve him with your whole heart, and you need to have a willing mind to come into agreement with him. That's what you need to do. Um, when we When we think about the the blessing of God, oftentimes we, 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 we tie that to performance. We tie that to performance. I want to go over a few things today uh, and, and and' I'm, I'm going to get to all of it. So I want to get to this performance thing. In just a little bit, we'll we'll kind of shove that to the side. Let me give you some more scriptures, and I want you to see God's heart towards you and toward what what, what he asks of. He says, Paul. Uh, Paul writes to the Philippian church in verse one. I mean, chapter one, verse six. This is from the Amplified version. He said, "I am convinced and sure of this very thing. Say that I am." Convinced and sure of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ right up until the time he returns developing that good work and perfecting it and bringing it to full completion in you. He's convinced. He knows it. It's going to happen. This building program that he's got that's called you He's the one who does the work. You see, that's where my buddy got it messed up. He got it messed up where he felt like he he had to get his life in order. And the truth is, Paul writes in Romans, you don't even have that capability. The law didn't wasn't able to to do that in you. The law, all the law did was showed you everything you was doing wrong, but didn't give you any power to actually do it right. And that's where grace comes in. Grace is God's power working in your circumstances that does more than you can do on your own. We'll get to that in a minute. I just want you to understand that if you'll have this heart that David was desperate in his his last calling out to his son, you need to do these three things, son. You need to do this stuff. This this is the key. This is the key. And God will do the rest. God will make sure that the rest happens. What happens to people, I see it happen all the time. They start loving God with all their heart they start understanding the word and they start hanging out with him and then they and then they join the church and how God created the church to to become you know they get involved in a small group and, and and they're walking with people that that are walking with God that aren't trying to impress them but actually want to grow with them and the Lord they they get involved in those relationships they apply the word of God and then they discover that a year or two down the road they're unrecognizable They go, wow, wow, I can't believe I don't even identify with that person anymore. How did that happen? I didn't even do anything. And you get to a place where the only thing you did was work on your learning to have intimacy with God, and and then Jesus does the rest. I mean... Let me, let me just tell you how important relationship is in the church. You know, God designed the church so that we would be in relationship, so we'd walk with each other. If you just do the Word and you try to do it by yourself, let me tell you, it's going to be tainted and you do not have the capability outside of relationships in the church to reach the full potential that God has in you to walk in the Word. It's absolutely impossible because He didn't design it to be that way. First of all, you need the church and the church needs you. It's a two-way street. You need the church, and the church needs you. And and this is a great church. I know these people in this church, and they're not trying to impress you. They probably couldn't if they were trying, but they're not trying to impress you. They they're just trying. Right, Junior said, looked at Doug. I don't know why you did that, Junior. <laughs> you know, it, it. You know, they're just saying, hey. I, I want to walk with, I want to I help you walk with God. I want you to help me walk with God. I want you to see my intimate details. I want to show you who I am so that I can get better. Amen. Now, the people who run from this place are people who don't want to face their problems or face who they are. But the Word is incapable of doing it by itself. Let me just give you an example. Do you know people that know the Word of God? I mean, they know it. They they read it all the time. They quote verses to you like crazy. And they use it to beat you up over the head with, you know. Boom, boom, boom. And they're mean as a snake. <laughs> they're mean. And they got to work. Why is that? Because it's not in community. It ain't being used to to become more like Jesus. You know, it's, you know. We're, it's, it's, we're, not peace, we're not peacemakers where the work calls us to. Be. I mean, everything the Word calls us to, we, we, we do that in relationship, and it starts in the church. And so uh, Paul says to the Philippians, listen, this, this building project that God has in you and that He has assigned you, which only you can accomplish, He does the work. You do the pursuit. Jesus does the work. I love the, the tag we kind of get that Jesus has never lost a battle. He, he doesn't lose. The Word of God is never not done what it was sent to do. When God sends the Word. Jeremiah 29, 11, So many people are familiar with it, but I, I'm going to use it anyway. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Proverbs 69 says, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. It's still the Lord that's, that's actually doing the work. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. I love this. Some of you guys have been serpentine in all your life y'all dodging Jesus' plan (laughs) doing your own plan I love the way that this version puts it God straightens it out he gets it more efficient and more effective it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect it just becomes more efficient when you get to know him you'll never reach perfection even though the call is be perfect as I am perfect it doesn't. Aren't you glad? Require perfection for blessing. That's the title of the message today. Perfection is not required for blessing. Somebody say hallelujah. Perfection is not required for blessing. So the, the first thing I want us to see is as we look at this and as we look at this pursuit of God. Uh, Brandon talked about it first service and. Uh, it, it was so good, and he can't do but so much, and he, we go, you know, we don't treat each service the same. But one of the things that he quoted was just that Jesus was the Word of God. And when he's coming back, there's going to be a banner over. He's going to be wearing a banner that says, The Word of God. He is the Word, and he became flesh and he dwelt among us. He's the Word of God. It, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. And, and if you want to be intimate with Jesus, you've got to be intimate with the Word of God. Now, I've, this is like four weeks in a while I've said this. I just want to know if your behavior's changed. I hope it has. If it hasn't changed, I've done absolutely no good. But, but I hope it has changed. I hope there's been a sense of urgency that we've got to know the Word. Because when, what Jesus says about Himself, He says, I'm your daily bread i'm your sufficiency i'm the thing that you that you need you need to get in you so that you can be successful I, it's amazing to me uh, that the first time that god sent god to the wilderness which i think is is really a neat deal you know the holy spirit it, jesus gets baptized in the holy spirit which is cool all by itself and then the Spirit of God leads the Son of God into the wilderness to be tempted, right? And that first temptation is this. Hey, if you really are the Son of God, if you, say you, if you are who you say you are, turn these stones to bread. Then what does Jesus do? Jesus says, I don't live by, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I mean, there's this reference to, to the bread of life. And and since it's football season, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I, I just want to get a an incredibly spiritual example <laughs> of, of what that looks like. Now, if you're not football oriented, my wife apologizes for me already. You know, <laughs> so I'm going to try to explain everything in a football on a football team. There's a there is a head coach. But the head coach generally is not the one who calls the plays. It's an offensive coordinator that calls the plays. Everybody with me so far? So you have a coach that gives instruction on what play that's going to be called on the football field when the team is on offense, right? And so, and so can you imagine, can you imagine that offensive coordinator? He does all his studies. He find, he he knows the weaknesses of your of the offense, which would be you. God God knows your weaknesses. He, he he knows what you're good at, and he knows what you're not good at. He he knows your weaknesses, and so and so he can play to your weaknesses. I mean, he can make you successful by making when you're weak. He is, I mean, come on. So so you got this thing going on where you got this this offensive coordinator that knows who you are, that's got this building plan for you that is speaking to you through his word and and how to respond. Can you imagine that this offensive coordinator knows the enemy's tactics, also knows the strategies that have been going on for hundreds and thousands of years towards mankind, right? And, And this offensive coordinator knows all those things Knows the weaknesses, knows how those weaknesses play to your strength and can call the plays so that you have a hope and a future in your building project. So you tracking with me? Am I with me? Now, wonder if you didn't pay him any attention. Wonder if you were getting the plays and didn't do anything. Wonder if you said, I don't like that play. You know, I think, I think I could call a better play. And you continually change the plays all the time. Do you think you'd be quarterback long? Probably not. You'd probably be, <laughs> you'd be yanked. You know, uh, but in an offensive system, even the audibles are planned. So if you're going down a road and you miss it, and you call an audible, God can still make that play successful. The reason I'm telling you that is, is you don't always have to be perfect. There's a, there's a daily bread, there's a communication with God. God's your offensive coordinator. You need to respond to him, but you don't have to be perfect because he can use audibles to make you successful. Yeah? In other words, so, some people say, I've, I've had, you know, you, you have it all the time. I, I heard a preacher this week, he said, he said, I went to seminary my first year and I really loved the classroom. And then I went on staff at this church and and then I stayed there for 18 years and I asked God why I didn't finish school. And I was thinking to myself, the reason you didn't, (laughs) this is self, this is how you don't get in your pastor's mind here, but I said to myself, it's because you chose not to go to seminary. That's why you didn't go to seminary. Didn't have nothing to do that much with God. And whether you got that right or got it wrong, God still used you because your heart was set on him. In other words, there's not just one way, if you don't hit that thing, that nail on the head, that God's grace isn't able to bring success to something. You don't have to be perfect to get blessing. Aren't you glad? You know, there are some people who say, well, I've got this one wife, or I've got this one husband, or, and it's, I mean, all the millions of people in the world, there's only one for me. I can hear single people saying that. You go, What? So if you miss it, if you miss it, what? You're done? The blessing's gone. I blew the blessing. I missed it. No. What's important, though, and I'm saying that, but I'm saying this. What's important is that the one that you choose is interested in pursuing an intimate relationship with the God of the universe who has a heart who is wholly devoted to Jesus and and is willing to be obedient to the word of God. You get that going? There's a plethora of opportunity because God will bless your marriage. Somebody say hallelujah. Can I get a testimony that that happened to you? Absolutely. It can happen. And so we don't have to be perfect to, to receive the blessing of God. I love it that Jesus quotes to Satan what Jesus quoted to the people uh, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And I love the, the way that God the Father uh, delivers this. He says this in verse 3 chapter 8 verse 3 so so god humbled the church he allowed you to go hungry god did and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know in other words this was a new experience and and he the, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, it is absolutely imperative that we understand we need an offensive of coordinator, yeah. and we need to adhere to his voice. We, he says, Jesus says, "My sheep know my voice." It's it is the it's the bread of life. It's the daily bread, and so let's get back to grace doesn't require perfection. Well, first of all, you have to understand that that grace begins unmerited. That means you can't. You didn't deserve it. You never did deserve it. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. It's unmerited favor of God. That's the beginning. That's not the end of the definition, but that's the foundational principle that there's nothing that you've done to deserve it. It is absolutely the love of God poured out that is received by you because it was made available at the cross. And it is the power of God that is able to carry out His plan and His business in your life when you don't have the power to do so. Amen. It's, it's, God's, it's God's grace. It doesn't require perfection because it was unmerited from the beginning. You don't have to do everything exactly perfect to live in God's blessing. The perfect story that we can talk about with that is Joseph. I mean, <laughs> I love the story of Joseph. It's, if you hadn't read it, you need you need to check it out. It's a good place to start. If you're not reading, go home today and and read Joseph. But Joseph has this great vision from God. I mean, God has called him to one spectacular ministry. Oh, you can't wait to see my ministry. Mama and Daddy, you're gonna even be serving me. Brothers and sisters, I mean, brothers, you're 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 going to be bowing. I mean, I'm going to be the man. I've seen the Lord. The Lord showed me a vision. It's an amazing vision. Next thing you know, he's in a pit? (laughs) Well, that wasn't in the vision, Lord. The next thing, he's sold into slavery. Slavery? That's not in the vision, Lord. Next thing, he's falsely accused of attempted rape to the king. Or the governor, the the guy's in charge. His wife, and then he even when he ran, and then he's imprisoned. You know what it says about Joseph? It says it says about Joseph in the pit, in slavery, in prison. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered in everything he did. Now that'll change your definition of prosperity, right? It changes your definition. It, it spreads out. You're thinking about what God can do. If God's presence is with you, if you've got a heart toward him, if you're willing to do what he says in the midst of hard times where you don't see him, when you don't see him working, you don't, you don't feel him, you, don't, you feel like you're abandoned, you know he's there. He said he never leave you or forsake you. His grace is sufficient for your circumstance. He will bring it about. He will finish The work He began in you is His power, working in your circumstance, that does the work. He did it for Joseph. He does it for you. It's all through Scripture. But but as I deal with the church, and have been for 30 years-ish, what I see so oftentimes is people dealing with uncertainty. They're uncertain about what the Word of God says. They're uncertain about what to do. You know, what what do I do? What do I do? You know, I'm praying that I I, I need to change jobs. I I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot. That's why I'm using it. I'm praying that I need to change jobs. What do you think I ought to do, Pastor? (laughs) You know what I tell people? Which job are you praying to take? Well, I I don't have an offer yet. Well, what are you praying about? If you don't like your job, you live in America. Go look for another one. When you get an offer, pray. (laughs) You don't even have a choice yet. What's your option? Stay in misery. Get another opportunity. If you got another opportunity, you might have three opportunities. Lord, what do you want me to do? Here are the pros, here are the cons. I'll lay it all down to you. Let me see what, what I don't see. What do you see? I'll do what you ask me to do. I'm willing, yeah. right? I'm willing, Lord. I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm not out of my own deal. I want to do what you do. That's my heart. You, you know it. You see it. Be honest. Right. Be honest about your heart. God says, take this one. You say, that one? That's the, that was third on my list. <laughs> but are you willing? Yes, I'll take that, Lord. I'll, if that's what you say and I feel strong about it, that's what I'm going to take. But you really don't have anything to pray about. Now, let me, let me just take this a little bit further. You pick a job. And it wasn't the one God said. You, you thought it was. But you missed it. But your heart was right. Are you void of the blessing? No. Why? Because you had a heart toward God. You had a desire for Him. You pursued Him. You aligned yourself with the Word. You asked Him to validate your decision and everything within you wanted to serve the Lord. He will bless you. You don't have to be perfect to receive the blessing. You just have to have a heart that is able and willing to serve the Lord. That's good preaching. Somebody needs to clap better than that. Come on. Golly. When I see discouragement and I see procrastination and I see analysis, paralysis. Analyzing things to it's like, oh my gosh, do something. You know, you get you get to analyze and and then you don't do anything. But the biggest thing is Jesus says, He says in Hosea, he says, it's a lack of knowledge. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. You know, it's a lack of knowledge and a lack of effort that doesn't have the ability to produce kingdom. You, you, you have to sow seed as unto the Lord. You have to sow kingdom stuff as unto the Lord. And when you do, He's responsible for the increase, not you. You, you are responsible for what you do with His Word, how you move in it, how you trust it, how you believe in it. He's responsible for the increase. He will do the work that he started in you. Amen. Hosea says this, my people are, are being destroyed because they don't know me. That's what God says to Hosea. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since the you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. You guys know God. You're a priest. He says, Since you've forgotten your laws, since you've forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. That's what he said. God says that. Do you think he's interested in you getting to know him? Proverbs 29, 18 says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Whoever does it God's way, whoever runs the play. Now, there's a, there's some solutions that I, I want you to hear, and I, and I think is so, so, so important. First of all, <laughs> I want to talk to you real quick about Paul writing Romans, because Romans is one of my favorite books. Anybody love Romans? That's another great place to start. Romans is amazing. Romans, Romans, you go, <laughs> you go, Paul, take a breath. <laughs> Please. I mean it's like Paul starts in Romans chapter one and, and then he finishes at the end of Romans chapter eight and it's one sentence. It's one thought, and you go like, whoa, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> And some of the sentences, some of the sentences are like four verses. I mean, it's like that's one sentence. You know, it got commas in it. But but the idea is this: the idea is this. it's such a beautiful idea. Paul says, you know, it used to be, it used to be, that that, that I, I wanted to do right with God. I really did. This is my friend. But but I didn't do what I wanted to do. And what I discovered is that I always did, I always did what I didn't want to do. That's what I ended up doing. But then in 8, he goes through all this and he goes, praise be to God for my Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross, who sent the Holy Spirit, who filled me with his Holy Spirit, who gave me grace to be successful. What the law couldn't do, the Spirit now can do. So it becomes about this, this intimate relationship with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of grace and truth can bring you success. But it doesn't require perfection. Because you're never going to be perfect even though the call of God is be perfect as I am perfect. There's this, this moving in the knowledge and intimacy with God that moves you from grace to grace, from glory to glory, from from just waste and death to life. And, and God says, and God says, don't let a lack of knowledge cause you to perish. And then he says in 8:28, and we know this. See, this is context, y'all, this is why this is so important. Romans 8:28 says this, and we know, say that. We know. Uh, say it like you mean it, we know. that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Do you see perfection in that? There's no perfection in that. It's all people who love God and are called according to His purposes. For those who are called according to His game plan, His play calling. If you're, call, if you're doing, if you love Him and you're doing what He says, do then it's going to work out for good because God's going to do the work. Let's read it in the New King James. Oh, I like let's read it in the New Living Translation first. And we know say that? Know. I mean, real confidently and we, we know. that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For them. It's individual. Romans 8, 28 from the new King James. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Moving back up to Romans 8 and 5 and 6. Now this is, this is your key. This is, this is the close. This is what you got to do. He says, Since this grace is available, This success is available. This hope is available. This this good that God is going to work out no matter what is available for those who live according, who don't live according to the flesh. They set their minds on the flesh. That's not going to happen. But it is for those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is death. Is life and peace. Yes. It's life and peace. I, I love it. It's David's, it's, it's David's call to his son to, to say, hey, man, you've got to get these three things all right. You've got to love God with all your heart. You've got to pursue an intimate relationship with him. He is the word of God. You've got to be careful to do all that it says. In John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, it says, this is how you know you love God, that you obey His commandments, that you do what He says. And you, you can't do what He says if you don't know what He says. You've got to know Him to do it. Do these three things. Be willing. Be willing. Amen. God says that His peace is not like other peace. God says that my peace comes when it doesn't make any sense. That when you don't necessarily see me working, when you don't necessarily feel me working, you know and you believe because I've I've told you I'll never leave you or forsake you. That He's with you even till the end of the age. He will be with you. His grace is sufficient for you. He's got a building project that only you can accomplish and he says that he will do the work to complete it if you love him if you serve him with all your heart and if you're willing to run the play that he calls in your life so there is a tremendous encouragement from the Lord these last weeks to get in the word to change your habits, to increase, increase your, your uh, pursuit of knowing God and then practicing what, you, what he preaches. Amen. Amen. Amen? Why don't we stand for closing prayer? Why don't you grab somebody's hand beside you. You can breeze the aisles too if you want to. It would be good. I can't wait till we can bridge them all the way across. (laughs) Father, there's been, you've spoken in so many ways today. You've spoken through the introduction. You've spoken through the scriptures that were read. You've spoken through the words. You've spoken through the words of the song. You've given us truth after truth after truth. And we have an opportunity to build our lives on your word because that's what we've been singing and talking about. But Lord, there's nobody in this room that can change my value system other than me. I'm the one that has to respond. And I say to you, Lord, I want to stand on your word. If that's you, just go ahead and tell the Lord that. Lord, I say to you, I want to stand on your word. I want to know you intimately. And you are the word. I know I can't do it on my own. I need the church. Because that's the way you designed it. That's a play you've already called. Help me function in my place in the church to bring kingdom to earth in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.